0: this is casey hendrickson on news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel your breaking news and weather station good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel i am your host casey hendrickson do you want to thank r&b car company locations in south bend and warsaw r&b car company are your used car experts we haven't talked about old Petey Buttigieg for a long time, but he is the incoming Transportation Secretary, and we've got, to, we've got to chat about all of this because, well, we all know that Pete Buttigieg is a transportation genius. And again, <laughs> God, I can't even get through that uh, with a straight face. Look, um, there's a couple of things that have, have to be said before we dive into what his first proposals are as transportation secretary when p judge was named as the first of all he was originally listed as a potential a, a ambassador to china which is already interesting considering some of the rumors about uh his his relationship with the chinese previous to that but uh, that didn't that didn't happen perhaps because it got discussed i don't know but then the transportation secretary thing comes in and immediately i think everybody in michiana laughed out loud the moment that that was announced. Now, there's a bunch of people around the country who don't know anything about to Judge, still. They don't know anything about his transportation policies or, or how they've affected the city of South Bend. And so <laughs> one of the things that I would tell my, my friend, I told Lars this, I told Todd Starnes this, a couple of others, is like, if there is one person who is the least qualified to be transportation secretary, Uh, In a Biden administration, it's Pete Buttigieg. And lo and behold, hey, he's the Transportation Secretary. So now there's some interesting proposals. First of all, he has said that they're going to prioritize climate change. Now, the job is to make sure that the infrastructure and, and, you know, transportation works. They're going to prioritize climate change. He's not at the EPA. That's not where he's at. But that's what they're going to do, which means every policy that he would suggest is going to uh, be geared towards making transportation less comfortable, convenient and affordable and more about climate change, which is an as of yet unproven theory that uh, doesn't appear to be going in the right direction for them. But they're going to force it down your throat anyway. So that's number one. Now, we're not really going to talk a whole lot about that. I mean, it'll come up periodically throughout uh, the next couple of years. But with that said, if you look at his transportation policy in South Bend, you could probably say that he focused on, on uh, climate change here as well, which is one of the reasons that the streets were in such bad disarray, as he wasn't focusing on, you know, transportation. He was focusing on the climate change aspect of things. But the other thing is this, The country's suffering quite a bit and there is this massive looming mortgage and renter crisis that nobody has an answer for and very few people are even willing to address and that even came up just the other day with biden you know hey what do you what do you plan on doing about this nah we're just you know we need to we need to put evictions on hold now for the record i don't want anybody to be evicted right now if now, if you have stable income and you're not paying your, your rent, you should get kicked out. So there needs to be some kind of a, there needs to be something there, right? That helps some landlords out. There are still people buying houses. There are still people moving. There are still people traveling and there are still people who are working. There are people who have never stopped working. Those folks are being lumped in with everybody else who's not. Now, I gave you a story two weeks ago. Landlord in New York is getting kicked out of his apartment. He lives in the building that he owns and he rents out other apartments in that building. He's losing his house because tenants are not paying their rent. So he's going to be homeless, but the tenants who didn't pay rent, which caused him to get behind on his payments, they're not going to be homeless. Now, what kind of sense does that make? One of the tenants wasn't paying before the pandemic even happened. It predates the pandemic. She inherited the apartment from her dad who died. So you've got the landlord being evicted because the, he can't pay his payments because his tenants are not paying him even the tenants who have income. That's it's in New York that that's happening. But this is where you start running into some real issues. Now obviously people are driving less and because people are driving less well they're spending less in gasoline so gasoline is um in a mixture of all sorts of things um has been a little cheap but it's it's coming up a little bit it came up after the november election and it's going to go up a little bit more because there are some countries that are throttling back on on their output right now because they overshot some opec country i think iraq overshot their uh, production limit so they're going to throttle back which means price is going to speculate up. Uh, It's just how it's going to be. But you're now at a point where the whole country is hurting, okay? You know it's going to get worse. You know you're going to have to deal with inflation at some point in time for the stimulus stuff, right? You know you're going to have to deal with this mortgage issue that is coming down the pike. You know that you're going to have to deal with uh, renters who are going to be evicted, this eviction crisis that's, again, coming down the pike. You know you're going to have to deal with all of that. So in the midst of that, if you're a sane, logical member of the government, the last thing you do is come in first thing and tell everybody you're going to raise their taxes. Because that doesn't help anybody. It just hurts. Taxes are... You can raise people's taxes when things are going really well. You can get away with it there. There's always going to be the the uh, ideologically pure, like me, who will tell you it's still a bad idea. But you can do it because people have discretionary money it's you know so they have extra money floating around hey we're doing good you know what maybe i can kick in an extra 15 a month for my share to go ahead and help the homeless or to help schools or to help whatever right so that that's always how it's used hey everybody's doing great you know what why don't we just take some of that and just uh, give back you know it is almost impossible to raise taxes without ticking people off when things are not going so great And that's where you're starting to run into a problem. So Pete Buttigieg, in his infinite wisdom, he uh, immediately kind of comes out and says, yeah, we should definitely raise transportation taxes and start taxing everybody for however many miles they drive a day. Oh, boy. Now, I have been telling you for a long time, uh, I believe that there has to be a massive infrastructure undertaking in this country. Now, this is something that conservatives and libertarians have been saying no 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 we don't need to worry about that that's not the place the government ever look i would love for this to be a private sector thing not all of it could be private sector because some of it has to do with federal projects and federal property i would love to see a public private partnership which saves the taxpayer money i would love to see that but that usually manifests in things like toll roads and things of that nature so you have to understand that there's always a little give and take there the reality of the situation historically is that we spent an awful lot of money building rebuilding europe and japan's infrastructure after the war and we didn't do that to ourselves that's an historical fact as a result our infrastructure has fallen behind and yes State governments have been horrendously awful at prioritizing infrastructure, but there has to be some infrastructure plan. What the infrastructure plan looks like, I don't know. Trump tried to get an infrastructure plan taken care of many times. He consistently was met with uh, with uh, opponents from both sides. Democrats don't want to give him infrastructure. The Republicans didn't want to spend the money. Well, Biden also has a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan, which is what Trump's was, by the way. Uh, so it's probably I haven't looked at Biden's full infrastructure plan. I would be willing to bet um, I, I would be willing to bet uh, producer Joe's Pokemon collection, if he has any, that he probably ripped a ton of that infrastructure plan from Trump's infrastructure plan. that He was never able to get implemented, by the way. He tried, he kept trying to get it done. But again, there's those folks out there going, no, nah, no, nah, we shouldn't pay for that. Whatever. We got other things to do. Yeah, infrastructure is kind of important, guys. It really is and i think that we need to be cutting spending in other places and putting it where you know infrastructure is which for the record infrastructure is a core function of federal government just so you know just throwing that out there so buddha judge the former mayor of south bend indiana acknowledged privacy concerns related to implementing a vehicle miles traveled or vmt system but said that it should be considered as a potential replacement for the gas tax oh really who do you think might be a little bit more disadvantaged with a with a mileage tax over a gas tax? Who do you think might be a little bit more disadvantaged? Now, keep in mind, they're moving towards electric vehicles. They're moving towards... I'll have more on that here in a minute. But they're moving towards electric vehicles, and uh, it's believed that the Biden administration is going to mandate electric vehicles for federal uh, federal bureaucracy. So... They're moving away from gas. For, from gas, So then you're going to go and now try and tax the miles. But here's what you know isn't going to happen. They're not going to get rid of the gas tax. You're going to have an additional tax on top of the gas tax. So now taxes are going to go up. Um, but also something else, which is not all that surprising, because Pete Buttigieg never really was one of you in the Midwest. But um, Pete Buttigieg... Is proposing something here that will disproportionately impact rural Americans you know the deplorables just something to something to throw out to everybody a lot of them can't have electric vehicles electric vehicles um priced out of their their income also the sheer distance that many of them have to travel make electric vehicles totally impractical for them to use So you're going to start running into some real issues with this, but we'll talk a little bit more about it coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So we're talking about the incoming Transportation Secretary, Peter Judge and the proposal for a new tax on how far you drive. So how many miles do you drive, right? So again, Judge uh, says that he is considering a VMT or a vehicle miles traveled tax as a potential replacement for the gas tax. We know there isn't gonna be a replacement for the gas tax. There's gonna be an add-on to the gas tax. The government's not gonna go, look, we're gonna get rid of the gas tax at the level in exchange for a miles driven tax. They're not going to do that. They're going to do both. It really is that simple. And what has happened throughout this pandemic? A lot of companies have realized, holy smokes, we don't need a 50,000 square foot facility and all of the electricity and everything else running to it We can actually let our employees do it at home which for the record i've been telling you could be done for years but nobody wanted to do that well now everybody has discovered that can be done so a lot of these companies can probably save a ton of money by downsizing the space that they're going to use and guess what people are going to drive less right which means you're going to have to find up another way to tax people i'm telling you it's coming on your power bill there will be some kind of a vehicle tax on your electricity bill I'm, in the in the future not right now but in the, it's coming a hundred percent it's coming now on the live stream on dlive.tv slash casey the host we have been talking about the the uh the fact that electric vehicles are big polluters and uh, are oftentimes in several studies show be bigger polluters than your conventional vehicles are but then there's extra components uh child labor slave labor you know uh poisons in involving the workforce and things of the exploitation of third world countries and their resources there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes into electrical vehicles right uh, electrical vehicles ladies and gentlemen are not ethical under any circumstances if you think that they are you're grossly misinformed and i'm going to call you an idiot but Uh, you're grossly misinformed. There is a huge ethical issue with electric vehicles. For the record, I'm not opposed to electrical vehicles. I, for the first time a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, I said, you know what? I I like what Tesla is doing. And I would consider owning one of their new models. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, Now I'm going to want a gas vehicle around in case I want to, you know, leave my own neighborhood. But other than that, you know there's still this real issue of cost and and uh, longevity and all of these other things that are going in there now obviously when you're talking about a miles tax you are also disproportionately affecting rural americans as opposed to urban americans you know urban americans might burn up a lot of gas sitting in traffic jams but they're not going to drive very far whereas rural americans are going to travel quite a bit and like i said electric vehicles are oftentimes not feasible for people in rural america at this point in time they may change and i expect it to change in the next decade or two but right now they're not really feasible for most so that becomes a real issue electric vehicles have come a long way in in the past 10 years or so that we've really been talking about them uh, but again, you have, to, you have to look at this because you're dealing with something that will disproportionately impact rural Americans above everybody else. I know that there are people out there try to make the argument, go, no, 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 it's equal. No, it's not. It is absolutely not equal. <laughs> you're going to run into some real issues here. Uh, let's see. As it turns out, this is townhall.com. As it turns out, Biden favors Judge's transportation view, specifically the idea that America should move away from the gas tax and instead opt into a tax based on the number of miles a person travels. It would be a new way to provide cash for the Highway Trust Fund, which currently funding from the federal gas tax. uh, As it currently stands, the federal gas tax is 18.4 cents per gallon and 24.4 cents per gallon for diesel. Uh, By the way, another thing that is thrown out there is how this is going to affect the trucking and transportation industry. This is always something that uh, that lobby, and I expect them, if they haven't already and I just missed it, I expect them to weigh in on this very soon. Uh, Liberal states, um, again are also contemplating the so-called alternative. Biden's administration would have to figure out how to pay for the $1 trillion infrastructure plan, which includes $160 billion for the Transportation Department. And again, um, not exactly the wisest thing in the world. You come right in, you go, hey, we got this looming financial crisis here. Let's go ahead and raise everybody's taxes and make things a little bit more complicated. It's not the best way to not the best way to win hearts and minds. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Again, if you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. All right, what do we have here? Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but it did get discussed a little bit on my, my live stream. Twitter has launched a new bird Watch feature. This is like uh, Twitter's version of the nosy HOA neighbor. So what they're encouraging people to do is to snitch on each other, which you always had the ability to do that, <laughs> for the record. This is how censorship happens on Twitter. So on Twitter, you know, you see a post that you don't like, you think violates the terms of service or is illegal. Um, you can report it. And they have a list of things that, you know, you can say. Same thing on Facebook and any other platform. And Twitter has now launched this birdwatch feature, which again encourages users to snitch on each other with this new birdwatch. So let me just kind of explain it in, in terms from Breitbart here. Uh, social media giant Twitter has announced a new feature called birdwatch, which aims to encourage users to police and flag each other's tweets if they believe they spread misinformation what could go wrong what could go wrong got a bunch of people on twitter who don't know what the real information is running around and narking on people who are spreading the real information because they think it's wrong i mean twitter themselves are guilty of this but i i digress now the company claims that it wants to broaden the range of voices how do you broaden the range of voices by giving every troll a tool to flag every post. So here's the thing if you hate a conservative or you hate a liberal or you hate a celebrity, you flag every one of their posts. This is going to go backwards really quick. They're going to regret this decision. Uh, anyway, in a recent blog post, Twitter announced a new feature on its site called Birdwatch, which allows users to add notes with helpful context to tweets that they believe are misleading. Mm. Sure. To participate, a user must have certain information on file with Twitter, such as their phone number, ostensibly to prove the account belongs to a real person. Hmm, a little strange. Uh, They were just attacking Parler for having to use people's phone numbers. The company posted an animated video with a brief explanation and example of the feature. Uh, Twitter stated in a blog post that it wants to help labels and wants to apply labels in context to tweets, but doesn't want to limit efforts uh, to circumstances where something breaks our rules or receives widespread public attention. So this is Twitter's way of going, it's your fault if you apply misinformation and get it wrong, not ours. We don't We don't want the responsibility anymore. Now, if I were still on Twitter, which I'm not, if I were still on Twitter, you realize how much fun I could have with this if they would ever grant me the status. This is another thing. You have to apply to be able to do this, right? So... <laughs> Who's going to get those privileges? Who do you think going to get those privileges? Right. Exactly. Birdwatch allows people to identify information in tweets that they believe is misleading and writes notes that provide inform- informative context. Uh, we believe this approach has the potential to respond quickly when misleading information spreads out in context that people trust and find valuable. Right. It's going to go so south on them so fast. This is um, this is why you got to get off. Hey, look, I, I, you know, maybe you want to stay on the platform for various professional reasons. I get that. I understand that. But uh, if you have the ability to leave, leave. Um, so here's here's the thing. I've been on Gab a long time. Most of you know that. I was on Parlor a long time. Most of you know that. I still think that Parlor is coming back. Uh, let me just do the latest. Go to Parlor.com. They got the latest updates. And God, even even they're posting the bernie sanders mittens meme so they've provided some updates you know and that sort of thing so they've got like a little little thread going but they're not fully back up so it's just a way to keep you informed about what's happening uh with the the process to restore parlor so anyway if um i, you know, I will be back on parlor when it comes back i like parlor i you know parlor for me i thought that was a better community than gab but gab already went through parlor is going through years ago and gab has learned their lesson gab has their own servers gab has developed their own technology gab is coming out with a phone the gab phone is based on android but they erase all of google's features so google can't like listen track all of that they erased all of it off of the phone so it's in prototype status but the idea is that you'll be able to have a smartphone is android powered without having big brother listening into you and tracking you all the time so we'll we'll see what develops with that so i mean gab is really making some big moves gab is going to they're going to be real innovators and some stuff Uh, their their browser dissenter is fantastic if you haven't had a chance to use that you can still use all the google chrome plugins but it doesn't do all of the tracking you know it's it's very good browser i encourage you to check it out so gab's already been through all of this and gab learned their lesson and then gab you know really through the grassroots was able to get all of this technological development and as a result i've been on gab i just haven't been real active well i'm more active now so yes you can still find me on facebook facebook.com slash casey the host still my biggest community um, beyond my live stream Obviously, the live stream on DLive is still big. My premium stuff at specialproject.io, that's you know still available at a record price right now until April, by the way. And if you are um, looking to get to a different platform or maybe you've made the leap to Gab since Parlor wasn't available find me at casey the host on on gab gab.com slash casey the host i'm right there follow me there Uh, a bunch of you did yesterday i appreciate it i have like no followers on gab i really didn't you know i used it for a little bit mostly to kind of poke around and didn't advertise it a whole bunch Um, but i am over there and i am posting to it so definitely go check it out gab.com slash casey the host isn't that the alt-right white supremacist website no it's a huge liberal community there huge liberal community there Uh, It it never was a alt-right white supremacist website. That never happened. That was all a lie. But again, you know, when the media tells you one thing and then you're just like, "Eh, I'm worried about doing it, Eh," that sort of thing. Uh, Gab had the same problem that Parler had in that a bunch of leftists went over to the platform once it launched and got some some attention and began posting the most outlandish, outlandish, offensive racist stuff these are leftists who did that in order to go ahead and give it a bad name so they posted it took a screenshot of it and then wrote articles about how racist and horrible it was and gab went through it just like parlor did and started purging those those folks who were just doing that on purpose and um parlor much more so than gab gab allowed uh free speech as long as it didn't didn't break the rules but there were some people who did post on gab who broke their rules that they did remove um parlor cleared everybody who was trolling and gab actually used it as a way to hit parlor as see they're not even letting trolls on there uh, so uh, it's it's not what the media has told you it is uh just you know for for the record feel free to check it out gab.com slash casey the host if you're there follow me i'd appreciate it we got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I got to tell you about Impress Jewelry Creations. You know, Valentine's Day is fast approaching. And with many people being uh, forced to be in close proximity to their significant other, not allowed to leave the house and get away from them, you probably need to do something really nice for them for Valentine's Day. So go to ImpressJewelers.com. They actually have almost the entire showroom on the website And you can buy from the website now here's the thing though you still get that first class service you get at impress jewelry creations when you walk into the store which is open you can go and shop in person if you choose to you're still going to get that phone call that one-on-one consultation you're still going to get all of that when you do this online so again go to impressjewelers.com And leading into uh, Valentine's Day, they also have the Lafon line in there, which again, this is, you know, platinum wrapped sterling silver jewelry starting at just a hundred bucks. So they've got things for everybody's budget. Make sure you check out the exclusive IJC collection. This is their in-house brand. This is not available anywhere else. These are one of a kind pieces that are made by Impress Jewelry Creations and nobody else. Again, their experts are in the back of that store. They don't have to farm out services like everybody else does. Those experts are right there in the back, and you can even wave to them and say hello and let them know that I sent you. Go to impressjewelers.com, and, of course, you can see their their inventory right there on the website. But if you want to visit them in person, which I highly recommend that you do if you're comfortable doing that because um, when you see this stuff in person, it, it is so different than seeing a picture of it. And they do a fantastic job with their photography, folks. Don't get me wrong. But there's just nothing like seeing the pieces that they have at Impress Jewelers in person versus online. Go to 1233 University Drive in City Plaza South. Again, they're in Granger, Indiana, next to C. Kramer Interiors. And as always, when you walk in and they greet you, let them know that I sent you. All right, let's talk about the New Yorker. The New Yorker magazine has returned a National Magazine Award. Why? Because they're fake news. That's why. Uh, the new yorker decided to return a national magazine award for a story about japan's rent a family industry on monday three days before the board that selects the winners was to consider rescinding it ah the relinquishing of the award from 2019 bestowed for a story that appeared a year earlier is the first time the honor has been returned or rescinded since they were first created back in 1966 by the new york-based american society of magazine editors well the controversy surrounded a story written by elif batuman which described the rent a family industry in Japan. reportedly it's in the early 1990s where individuals essentially hired actors to portray family members for social events or behave as companions Uh, here we call them call girls The article was written by batuman revolved around two people who used a service called family romance now one portrayed as a widower estranged from his daughter who hired a woman to act as his wife and his daughter etc 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 however the new yorker added an editor's note last month to the online version of the story which indicated that both people were married including the supposed single mother who was wedded to the owner of family romance. In other words, it was a giant, big old fake burger story. And they wrote the article about it, but uh, everybody got duped. As it happens to the best of us. But uh, New York Post uh, reported two weeks ago that the ASME board was to meet on Thursday this week to consider rescinding, rescinding the award. Although some members didn't think that the journalist was to blame for the erroneous story and didn't warrant reclaiming the award because he had been fooled uh, by all of this, he was deceived. So he didn't fabricate the story. He's not the one that um, went ahead and and uh, hired the actors and that sort of thing. They fooled him, is what it was. So there's apparently some dissenting voices that said, let's not blame the the reporter, the guy who wrote the article, columnist, and probably journalist. Or reporter is probably not accurate. Um, let's not uh, punish him. But they, the New Yorker, decided to give the award back since the story wasn't true anyway and it just is another reminder you can't always believe what you read in the news we got more coming up